Hi, Eddie here. Red and I have used Zencaster to record all of our episodes of Punk Rock Elite because it's easy, browser-based, and it gives us separate tracks that are easy for me to edit. It can also be used for 4K video too. Maybe we'll try that one day. It's really easy to use. It can do a lot of the editing for you, clipping out your ums and ahs, and adding an EQ to bring out the best in your voice, all from a single website. If you want to make a podcast but aren't sure how to go about it, then Zencaster provides everything you need to record, edit and distribute your new show to Spotify, Apple and a ton of other places that people get their podcasts. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use our code PUNKROCKELITE and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs it's time to share your story. Punk Rock Elite, a podcast about no effects. And then there were three. Three no effects releases left. Lovely. Yes. So this is as of recording. Mm-hmm. The third sort of official or, or one of three left. Uh, we've got single and double album coming up in the next couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. But we don't have that today, do we? Because I, Eddie French, and my co-host... Me, Red Redmond. We're going to be uh, going off on a, another little split. And we love a yep. split around here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we've got West Coast versus Wessex. With uh, friend of the show, Frank Turner. With friend of the show, Frank Turner. Yes, absolutely. So uh, that's what we've got coming up today. Uh, what have you been up to lately, Red I've been busy with secret plans that cannot be announced yet. Oh, it yeah. has been a lot of work. <laughs> and it's not very fun when you can't announce it. You're just doing like lots of work. And your only announcement is, oh, I've been doing work. That's not fun, is it? Yeah. The announcement, well, just you wait. <laughs> it's not an announcement, is it? It's, um, it's, a, it's a bit off of Hamilton from what I remember of those rapping slave masters but anyway um that's um uh yeah good well i mean but that means that you know when we come back in the new year you'll you'll actually have something to tell yes yes i will i will have i will have news and so will we Mm, yes as a punk rock elite thing we'll actually be able to announce a thing that we've sort of teased a couple of times yeah everything's so secretive right now it is but if we told you uh then might change so we'd rather announce what it is going to be rather than what we'd like it to be yeah because if we told you we'd, we'd have to kill you which would be really difficult because we don't know where you live no no we don't i mean i've got a map on Acast that tells me <laughs> like by nation so what See, all we if, if we got our hands on a couple nukes we could probably sort the situation right because we oh yeah know, like but, uh, roughly what what area you're in <laughs> i mean i think i think the whole thing about nukes is that when you set one off everyone joins in ah, it's yeah 
shame. It's very much once you pop, you can't stop with that approach. So it's almost as if they're a bit pointless. Pointless yet utterly reckless to have them in the first place. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so uh, so. Yeah, so we probably won't be doing that. So that's one of our announcements. We can confirm we will not be engaging in war. Yeah, we can. Yeah, what we can say because this won't change. This is this is already signed, sealed, delivered. It is approved by no effects. What we are going to be doing. Mm, yeah. That's, that's nice, isn't it? It is nice. That's got to be worth something, right? That's got to... Because lots of people go, yeah, everyone's got plans, mate. Oh, what we're, go- we're just going to announce that we're writing a novel. Yeah, but, yeah, but has your novel been okayed by Fat Mike himself? Yeah. Don't think Out so, of the horse's mouth. <laughs> that should be getting some tongues a-wagging. That's, the, uh, that's what we're hoping um and and it is already super exciting irrespective of uh what happens with it because yeah it's just it's just going to be proper good it's awful promo isn't it no there's nothing hey it's not fun when you can't announce the exciting thing we've learned that today it really isn't um but (laughs) shall we instead reveal a bit about what's going to be happening next year yes in a much more podcast, we have planned this. No one else can, no, no one else has any influence over this particularly. Next year, as you may have realized, is 2024. Now, that sounds awful on paper. Yeah. However, that is 30 years since the year that punk broke, as it's known. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, so 1994. That's when you've got your Dookie, you've got your Smash, you've got your Punkin' Droblick, you've got Stranger Than Fiction, you've got Let's Go, you've got all of these, and so many others, you've got all these remarkable punk rock releases. We've already done one peer pressure, where we had a look at Let's Go by Rancid, which is one of the 1994 releases. Can you believe they released Outcome of the Wolves a year afterwards? I know. I mean, like, come on, lads. You've just done, like, a 19-track album. Like, you don't need to crack on with your seminal piece. I think it was 22. You just stopped at 19 because you'd had enough. But 22, and then Out Come the Wolves is, like, 17. Yeah. We're going to be looking at, mainly, albums from 1994. Because, and also, we've done Punk and Drublick, obviously. But that was, uh, that's just part and parcel of it all. So, all of our peer pressures... Uh, or most of them certainly from next year, will be from 1994. And, you know, we're looking back at 40 years of no effects. We're also looking back at 30 years of skate punk or, you know, US punk, whatever you want to call it, that 90s punk, being big news, of being of of being outside of the underground, of being accessible to all the people you know we were able to buy these records in hmv and virgin and yeah um music zone for a brief beautiful period in the uk and you know before that you'd have probably had a bit of a hard time you know that it had to been imported to specialist music stores and that kind of thing so it's a particularly interesting thing we're going to be working with some other podcasters as well on a few little things just having a um a real look at that 90s punk movement and where it's all not where it started but where it really took off and 
people were able to make a, a really quite remarkable living doing that. So that's exciting. Um, we've given into nostalgia, I'm afraid. We're doing a <laughs> we're doing a podcast about a band that's forty years old. Come on! But so we thought, and because we've run out, we're running out of uh, no effects releases. So now we've had a look at all of those sort of microscope. We're going to macroscope and have a look at the context of what of where no effects were fitting in or not fitting in to those scenes around it. And we thought, well, why not choose when this kind of music was arguably at its most popular? Yeah, no, absolutely. People chanting outside your house. Yeah, well, it was, I pressed a thing thinking like, oh, that'll just go to a a little message. But it was, it was a very loud video. It sounded like you were on a balcony and people were like shouting at you or they were either cheering or encouraging you to jump. I believe it is, is it's uh, protest footage outside of Downing Street. It sounded um, protesty. Yeah. There, there was definite chant vibes going on. I mean, every video on the internet right now is a protest in some way. That's true. That is true. Um, a protest or a video essay debating the merits of protest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. That's what we're dealing with. And we are neither of those things. Nope. We don't have to uh, expend any time, any more time <laughs> on that. If we ever get to the point where we are being protested for simply being a podcast about no effects, then <laughs> that'll definitely be because Gen Z have cottoned on. But, <laughs> but they don't know about us at the moment. and that's They certainly don't know about no effects, do they? Uh, I think they imagine it's cringe music for olds. And they're right. They are <laughs> so accurate. If that is their assessment, then I, I have to doff my hat and say, yep, that's it. You're, you're absolutely right, Gen Zs. So that's what we've got to look forward to. Um, but what we've got to look forward to imminently is a, a revisit to... Mm-hmm. Frank Turner, but this time talking about his specific recordings on the West Coast Wessex. Absolutely. Clip. And, uh, you know, if you're not uh, familiar with this EP, like, and you've just given this a go, like, do, do stick around. This is, uh, this is a record that I hadn't listened to previously, but it, it, it surprised me. And I don't know, like, I just, I think it's very good. I, w- I, won't, I won't spoil anything. We'll hmm. keep it for the main body. But like, no, I enjoyed I mean, myself this time. Spoilers, we're both positive about this release. Yeah, I think so, yeah. We'd, we're not we're not of one mind, but we are uh, gen- we are overall positive of it. And uh, it is definitely something well worth having a look at um for all the reasons that we go into in the episode. Yeah. Which is what we're going to do right now. See you on the outro. See ya. Right at the beginning and we've already got a split. Oh, yeah. That means leave in old. Ah, yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. good one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's like something the stray cats would say. So <laughs> two hip, got to go, got to split. Um, so yeah, here we are. We've got the third and final, as of the time of recording, mm-hmm. OFX split. Yeah, on- and, and what an interesting journey these splits have been on. They they really have. I I'm just going to say I think there was, was it a band called like Poison Roses or something like that that they did a split with like in the very early 80s. Oh okay. Um and I I think it was just one it was like a seven inch they did one track each or something like that. 
and I might even be getting that band's name wrong, but that uh, that's a bit of law that I forget. But of the sort of as we know them, classic era no effects, the three splits, rancid the spits, and now this one. But yeah, you're right. Sorry, the uh, interrupted you there. But yeah, these um, they've taken some. Yeah, the journey of um, of the uh, of the no effects splits. So today we are looking at West Coast versus Wessex. Yeah, because we did the rancid split and we've done the spits split. Yes, and this say. is th- this is the third and final one. Yes, uh, apart from that other one I mentioned earlier, but yes. let's take these as the sort of the the big deals. Yes, this is the last one, and it is with a friend of the show, Frank mm. Turner, and it is, and it goes back to the uh, BYO rancid split format uh-huh yeah of covering each other's songs and given i mean i'm guessing that what was going through mike's head when he because we found out how if you listen to our frank turner episode we we actually don't mention this record at all when we had frank turner in our chat talking to him about it um he was wildly generous with his time and stories and honesty Mm -hmm. um and so we just we just carried along on a very sort of natural progression of just that conversation yeah and then as soon as we pressed as soon as bye frank bye now he leaves the meeting and uh, all of a sudden we go could have mentioned that record he did with no effects that might have been Relevant. I thought, have, I thought we might have like briefly mentioned it. Like, did we not I, touch upon it at all? I don't believe we did in the slightest. <laughs> That's so funny. I think he might have said, you know, uh, lucky. I think he might have said, lucky enough to have been on a record with them, yes. or something like that. And we didn't sure. even didn't even go. Oh yeah, what was that one, mate? We just <laughs> knew about it, but just didn't. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but I believe because uh, he told us the story of. Um, Matt Skiba was supposed to play guitar on the decline mm-hmm. at uh, Reading or Leeds, one of the festivals. And um, someone said, where's he gone? And they said, oh, this guy, Frank, can play it. And Fat Mike was like, who is Frank? And they said, <laughs> oh, he knows. And he goes, do you know how to play the last bit and all this stuff? And because he sang along with the backing vocals, Mike went, oh, who is this guy? And then the next time he was in um, LA or wherever it was, um, Fat Mike turned up, and then they became friends and stuff like that. Not lovely story of how to start a friendship with Fat Mike. <laughs> Be there when Matt Skiba isn't. I don't know if that's that's how it works. <laughs> and because we know that he didn't want Mike didn't want to do a split with Lagwagon or Pennywise because yeah. sonically too similar, but would do it with Rancid. The idea of doing a split with Frank Turner being so even further removed than rancid mm-hmm. is possibly what was the the interesting bit because they no effects did play a sort of fairly ramshackle but quite fun cover of glory hallelujah live oh, okay. for a while before this happened there's there's footage of them doing it they're getting the lyrics wrong it's sort of there's bits missing but it's quite it's quite fun nonetheless mm-hmm. and it certainly doesn't it doesn't sound a lot like the version that we'll probably talk, that we will definitely talk about in a little bit. So he's uh, so yeah. So that's sort of that's roughly Fat Mike's side of how it came about. 
Um, it was released on the 31st of July 2020. Mm-hmm. So really quite close. There's five songs from each artist rather than six like on um, uh, the Rancid one. Yeah. And it features uh, no effects. The members you remember, Ankarina Danike, drink. She's on it as well. And Frank Turner and the Sleeping Souls. It was also the last uh, recording that Nigel Powell, the drummer who was in the Sleeping Souls from early doors onwards, uh, appeared on as well. And on track number 10, which is Frank's version of uh, Falling in Love, Mm -hmm. Tim Brennan of Dropkick Murphys plays accordion. Ah, that's very interesting. Yeah, so there's a, a nice little guest performance there. Uh, on Wikipedia, Karina Danike is not credited, which is to be fair. Offensive. I because um, I checked this earlier. There's there are quite a lot of guest vocals on the No Effects side, and none of them are credited. Um, I want to say "Glory Hallelujah," or like one of the later songs has like loads of guest vocals on it. Oh, that's El Jefe. Is it? Yeah. It sounded like more than, I don't know, it didn't sound like members well, of the band to me. It, it's because that's El Jefe, because you've got El Jefe and Karina both singing different bits in Glory Hallelujah. Mm. But Jefe is singing in his own voice. Okay. So he's not doing a funny Rasta voice. He's not doing a funny Mexican voice. <laughs> or indeed on, on uh, Thatcher Fuck the Kids, he's not doing his funny British voice. He's sure. singing in his genuine this is how El Jefe sings voice. Of course. And that's one of the things I, as we're on the subject, that's one of the things I love about the no effects side of it. Everybody's having a go at singing. Yeah. But it's really, really nice. Um, I think it feels very, very communal. It feels like everyone is having their go. And there's something very appealing about that. But we can probably talk about that a little bit Uh further so uh this was a a covid project sort of lockdown thing there we've got a few quotes on the um uh wikipedia page so uh frank turner said that uh, there's no point doing a straight cover song you might as well just listen to the original so with that in mind we didn't really discuss the philosophy of this very much till it was just like do you want to do it and i think we both understood that we would come at it in a serious way. He said, I wanted to try and pick songs where I felt like me and my band could bring something different to the table, but it did strike me that it would be cool to demonstrate to the casual NoFX fan who doesn't know who I am, that I am actually a fan. I didn't just go to Spotify and pick the most, uh, pick the five most listened to songs. Mm-hmm. And Fat Mike said, I listened to all his records, uh, Frank Turner's records. I picked the ones that I thought I could make more interesting. <laughs> okay um megalomaniacal not uh so uh what i did change is a lot of chords frank he beats me in the singing department so i can't sing better than he can but maybe i can throw in a melody here or there or a chord that he hadn't thought of mm. i like the way frank turner in mike's mind sits down and thinks of chords hmm. <laughs> a chord a chord B with a D sharp in the bass. I don't know. But um, 
It's good. Uh, and Wikipedia does point out that uh, Frank, one of Frank Turner's choices is Perfect Government, which uh, yes. is written by Mark Curry. Um, and the person who wrote it on Wikipedia wrote, uh, most closely most associated with No Effects, actually written by Mark Curry, a friend of the band who played a crucial role for El Jefe to join No Effects. Mm. Which suggests that that was why Frank chose it, rather than it just being a song that he liked. Anyway, <laughs> um, what were your initial impressions of this album? Because I don't know, had you heard this one before we uh, were looking at it for the episode? I hadn't, no. Um, and I am happy to say I think this is the split that I've most enjoyed that we've oh. listened to of No Effects. Oh, very nice. Uh, which I think is interesting because I am a huge Rancid fan. But yes. I didn't love the Rancid split, whereas I'm not necessarily a huge Frank Turner fan. I very much have utmost admiration, respect, think he's a really cool, interesting artist. Yes. Um, but uh, a lot of his work isn't what I necessarily choose to listen to. I love a lot of his more hardcore stuff. Yes. Um, but I have to say, like, he's so fucking good on this. He's done such a great job. Yeah. Um, I think that... Uh, there's one track of his that really stands out to me and I think is the best track on this album, which we'll uh-huh. get to. Sure. Um, but yeah, very, very positive. Hmm. More positive than I thought I would be. I I remember this coming out because... Um, yes, what was the... So basically, this is the... We've had um, the Hepatitis Bathtub uh, EP the seven inch that came out after first ditch effort. Mm -hmm. Then they released ribbed live in a dive, which we know was recorded like seven years before that was in 2018. Mm -hmm. And then two years later, this comes along. So this is the first, and it's not even a full length, no effects album, but Mm -hmm. this is the first sort of not even original material, but you know what I mean? Like original technically original material for four years in album form wow one ep which i think had a couple of old songs on it as well um like the hepatitis bathtub one so we've waited a little while because when they made this they'd already been working on single and double album all of those songs have been around that long Mm -hmm. and they stopped in order to do this split and I think that that's where the energy and excitement from the no effects side may come from. Uh, they were okay. already wading through the single album and double album stuff that Mike has said they spent too much time on. They really waded through a lot to get here. And this one feels like everyone's having a really good time on it. Mm-hmm. Am I? Is that just me? But do I? Did, no, I think you're completely you know right. I mean? uh, and I think that makes complete sense because, mm. you know, I will admit, like, I haven't actually listened to single and double album all the way through yet. I'm kind of saving it for the episodes that we do about it. So sure. it's fresh in my brain. Yeah. Um, but from what I can gather, they're not their strongest albums. So I would understand if you were working on albums that you didn't love or your heart wasn't quite in it, and then you get to cover all of Frank's songs, because I do have to say, Frank is an exceptional songwriter. Yeah. Like he just really knows how songs work and how to make them work. Mm. That 
must be exciting. So I, I totally get that. I think you're right. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things Frank Turner, I've heard him saying a few things is that one day, like some days he just sort of goes, I'm going to learn the entirety of X's discography. Not the band sure. X, but you yeah, know. Yeah. So I think he's done it with like, I think he did it with ABBA. I think he did it with um, Queen. Uh, he just sort of goes, <laughs> so he's like, I just want to learn how to play all of these songs. And from that, you're going to discover things about songwriting or chord changes or progressions and melodies yeah. and stuff that you maybe don't even realize, but that's going to... Fat Mike once said um, the way to become a better songwriter would be to learn half of the at least half of the Beatles songs. Yeah. You'll be a better songwriter if you just learn how all of those songs work. And you go, oh, wow, you can do that. You know, it'll it'll sink in there even if you don't actively, if you're actively aware of it. So I think they both come to a sort of a similar conclusion separately that learning how to play lots of great songs will help you create great songs. Yeah. And, uh, and that makes sense to me. Um, so starts off with the no effects side. Um, and they chose to start with Substitute. Now, mm-hmm. Substitute is from Love, Ire and Song. And that was the first Frank Turner album I got because my mate Gav um, recommended it to me. And Substitute is an early song on that album. And it was one of my favorites straight away. I think it's one of those. I think it's just Frank and a guitar. I don't think it's like full, but I think Love Iron Song was like there were bits with other musicians and other stuff. But I don't think Mm -hmm. a lot of it was still like singer songwritery stuff. As yeah. much as he dislikes that term, um, this is uh, a favorite album of my girlfriend Kate, uh-huh. um, and I I've written down a quote that she said oh yesterday because I think we've got adds... all sorts of guest um, opinions in this as well. So there, there, there'll be other there'll be other outside uh, um, uh, info coming later. So don't yeah, absolutely, that. absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually listened to this split in the living room, uh, whilst Kate was there and I, I, we got halfway through no effect singing substitute mm-hmm. and Kate said, and I quote, uh, this is the best no effects have sounded because they're singing actual songs and not just noise. <laughs> Are you going out with someone's mum? <laughs> brutal i mean come on <clears throat> sounds like quite a mum thing to say now this yeah. one i do like yes it's just like pots and pans being banged together oh <laughs> oh what did they call this one a singer or do they call him a shouter there nah, said it um <laughs> i like the idea that you're going out with loose women the tv show not uh yeah. not, not not the derogatory statement for women who know their mind um anyway uh yeah, substitute. Uh, the, I will say, No Effects' um, production on this does sound fantastic. Yeah, I, the, I think they've done a great job. The, it was the decomposers who did this. So uh, that is Fat Mike, um, Baz the Frenchman, um, uh, Yotam from uh, Useless ID, and possibly somebody else as well, but I'm not sure. Um, oh, and um, Johnny from Old Man Markley. 
Ah, I think those four are called the decomposers, and uh, and if they did the production on it, yeah, it sounds fantastic. The guitars sound amazing. The drums are so good. Uh, and everyone's in fine voice and doing all sorts of stuff. It's very possible that Johnny from Old Man Markley did some vocals on this as well, but not lead ones, probably harmonies. Yeah, I was expecting to see at least, you know, like, uh, is it Spike Slauson? Yes. Or someone like that in the uh, in the notes. Like, I, it feels like it's not just the four boys from NoFX making all this. I think Spike doesn't do so much of that anymore. Um, because Johnny from Old Man Markley, who I think was living in Fat Mike's house during lockdown, there was like the um, the Six Flogs sort of mm-hmm. commune that he'd got in Van Nuys. He is very good at imitating Mike's voice, but is a better singer in that he can do harmonies and stuff like that and knows how to do harmonies. So I think I think for harmonies, they get to Johnny to do that if they want it to sound like Mike is harmonizing because... Mike likes to have different people doing different songs, so it sounds different all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, but I think uh, I think they all do. Uh, also, it's very possible that um, uh, El Jefe is more interested in Frank Turner as an artist than maybe Rancid and uh, the Spits, uh, not being the sort of punk rock guy. He might go, oh, yeah. this is a bit more like it, and therefore be a bit more keen to go, no, I'll, I'll sing that bit as well. But yeah, I think I think substitute is great. Um, Mike's changed some of the lyrics so that this is uh, more about BDSM. What a surprise! Um, but yeah, I love. I I really really love this. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a bad song on this no. album at all. Um, but I did think this was one of the better No Effects ones. Yes, uh, I think it's a great start to it. Um, and it's also nice to hear them uh, actually doing some scar like they used to on this on this bit. Um, I think that's exciting. Um, yeah, so substitute one of my one of my favourite Frank Turner songs anyway. And to hear what they did with it, really really pleased. So cracking start again. No effects opening up strongly. Mm. So uh, worst things happen at sea. The second one. This one sounds, spoilers, this one sounds more like it would fit on single or double album. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. They've made this one, whether they intended to or not, this one sounds the most like that. And I think it might be the type of song. It's quite a sort of a dour song. It's a very sort of a a bitter and uh, quite resentful song in many ways. What do you reckon to this one? Yeah, I think this is my favorite from the no effects uh, side Ooh. of the album. Um, I think it's a great song. Uh, I think that it's been adapted really well. I think mm. that they bring something new and interesting to it. Yeah. Um, there's also something, particularly on the no effects side of this album, that feels like it's been recorded in a bedroom but in a good way like it it, yeah. it it feels thrown together by friends which from what you've just said sounds like that is what what happened um and i i love that i mm. there, there's something really really magic about that it's very much changes as good as a rest kind of vibes yeah it's um yeah you get to go and do you know like oh Sir said we could have the lesson outside today because it is funny. <laughs> there's there's a bit of that to it, which I think is They're just really... wheeling the TV in. 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there's something really uh, a dog has got into the playground and everyone is looking out the window and everything is a bit more there's a bit more like and even though you have to sit down and do your sums, there was a dog for a bit. So Yeah. That's which is very, very appealing to hear from blokes in their fifties. Um <laughs> it's nice to know that that can still happen. Um so yeah, so uh, it's um and even on what is probably the darkest song on the no effects side. Yes. Uh and um and I it doesn't feel hurried, it feels very sort of natural and it's very sort of pounding and 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 dark. Um which then leads us into the most upbeat one on the no effects side, uh, Thatcher fucked the kids. Yeah, I I um because I'm this is the only Frank Turner song that I was like really familiar with before listening to this mm. split. Um, it's it's not my favorite uh, cover on the no effects side. I think mm. it, it seems a little bit rudimentary to me, but yes. it's still a really good song. Yeah. Did you did you actually listen to any of the Frank Turner originals of the No Effects side? I think I, I listened to Substitute and Worst Things Happen at Sea, but I didn't right. listen to the other two. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Thatcher Fuck the Kids is... It's one... I'm sort of glad we didn't bring it up because I didn't want to feel like... I didn't want Frank to feel like I was going to drag him over the coals because I know he has sort of distanced himself from this song a bit. He stopped playing it. Yes, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think he got. I think people started to think that he was something that he wasn't because it's, it's a bit of a novelty song, isn't it? Like, um, I don't know about that, but certainly it. I think what it did was it nailed. I think he might have felt that it nailed some colours to a mast that he hadn't actually signed off on, <laughs> because sure. because you can. I think the idea the. the I think he sort of got asked to do a lot of probably sort of uh, sort of left wing or you know socialist or or even yeah, communist absolutely. sort of um, or sort of left wing because I think he's sort of I think he's probably a bit more of an anarchist than he is a socialist. I think sort yeah, of yeah 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 I think sort of progressive anarchy would be more of his. More to his tech because he said in a in an interview a long time ago that he wasn't a socialist, and a lot of people got never Frank Turner again kind of about it because <laughs> how on earth could you possibly listen to someone who doesn't I, I, share your precise views? A, um, a little bit of a hot take, but I, I think both Frank Turner and No Effects. I think it's really difficult to be properly uh, politically active when you are quite wealthy. Um, like, I suppose it depends how one acquires that wealth, but yeah, I, I do, I it, do. Uh, it's difficult to really that. engage with like politics and social issues when you have a level of wealth that means you don't really have to participate in it. Uh, it's why, like, um, a lot of musicians that I very much admire, I, I don't. I, I mean, I think. Politically, I'd I'd rather listen to I don't know activists or whatever on politics. I'd rather I, listen to musicians about music. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's I think it's part of the same flavor in that people say stuff like, 
oh, uh, you know, Susie Eddy Izzard is going to run for prime minister. I don't want a celebrity as a prime minister. Yes. I want, and it, and it isn't because of my feelings about Susie Izzard, who I love. It's like I, I don't want a celebrity to be, yes, a world leader. That's and, that, and 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 so to work backwards from that position, <clears throat> I suppose the. It's that thing, you know, that people, certainly in the UK, there's a, a very common sort of question that a lot of people roll their eyes at, but people will ask politicians how much a pint of milk costs. Mm. And if they can't answer, then it suggests there's some way out of touch with people who have to know how much a pint of milk is, because yeah. they might not be able to afford the rest of their shopping if a pint of milk goes up by 20 <laughs> pence and all that kind of stuff. And so... I suppose there, there's elements of that to it, shades of that. I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, of course, because... No, but... and, and just to like clear things up as well, I'm not saying that they can't talk about politics. Of course they can, absolutely. Yeah. And I love when NoFX addresses, you know, social issues. I love when Frank Turner addressed social issues. Yeah. But I'm not sure if they're the pe- people to go to if you want to know how to run a country. And I think they'd say the same. Oh yeah, no. I think I think they, I think uh, I think all people concerned would be hands up. I, I don't know, but this system yeah. is not working for a lot of people. Yes, Therefore, absolutely. can some people who understand systems have a better look at these? Because <laughs> yeah, there's going to be someone who does know how these things work. And you know, I spend most of my time um, like just making strings vibrate. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It, it doesn't qualify me for a lot apart from doing string vibrations for I, know, I know what words rhyme is that yeah, useful yeah. <laughs> yeah i know i know how to make you go hooray and oh it, it's <laughs> those are important things but not for that so um but yeah but i think uh, i think he um yeah i think frank got it in the neck probably quite unfairly from a lot of people yes who yeah. uh, it seemed a little bit life of brian to me, a lot of people are going, he's the saviour. I'm not the saviour. Now, fuck off. Um, <laughs> and that kind of thing. So, And I feel, and so, but when but when Frank, for example, sings about his dad coming out as, uh, as trans, mm-hmm. it's like, it's wonderful and beautiful and probably more beneficial to have that song out there than if Frank had no real connection to that community and just went, let's all be nice to the genders you know it would be you know <laughs> yeah. th- th- that sort of thing and because he's done so many songs he can write a really really good one about it and you go oh shit that is fucking good but um but i i don't want him to be the one prescribing hormones yeah but... you know, and nor would he so um <laughs> so that's uh so yeah so there's uh thatcher fuck the kids i i really do like this song and i Really, really like it. I think they've got... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Jason Freeze on the saxophone on this one because mm-hmm. it's got Anarchy Camp vibes. Yeah. And uh, I do like... Uh, yeah, Hefe is singing in a silly voice. So big thumbs up. Not had that on a NoFX album for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karina, who did spend some time living under the Thatcher government. Do not forget. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh singing on it as well uh beautiful stuff i i still think this song holds up and i don't think you have to be a member of the socialist workers party or um necessarily have to not be a you know a a supporter of 
anything right of center to say that all the points made in this song yeah they bear fruit they all uh, they all are as they are but yeah but i like it it's jaunty it's upbeat um and yeah pretty fun uh yeah. number four ballad of me and my friends this is the like my the one that least sticks in my head of the no effects side of it sure it's very short yes it is it's the shortest one by a fair skip as well mm, yeah yeah but uh, i think this one i think this is a quite an early frank turner song sure and i think it's all hanging on that hook we're definitely going to hell but we'll have all the best stories to tell and it's it sounds the whole the whole song is hanging on that the whole song is waiting to get to that i think and it feels like it's very much i mean i can totally see why no effects have covered this one like it <laughs> yeah. it really um it mirrors a lot of what no effects sing about i mean this has got like mattersville vibes all over it it's it's a, talking about the scene it's talking about mm-hmm. um you know we're we're venue photographers and i don't know if that is a thing in the us let us know if you're in the states do venues in the us have their own dedicated photographers who just work there i don't even uh, think that the U- U- uk do as much as they did no. quite a few my, years ago because no, my, my sister was, freelancers my sister was one for a time she worked yeah. um at the o2 in leeds mm-hmm. uh, she got me a brilliant photo of uh of tim uh tim armstrong when uh rancid played she was there and uh, between the barriers doing the photos and stuff great all sorts so there were there was sort of a handful and you sort of put in for which ones you wanted to do sure and she's like and luckily no one else really liked punk so she got to do all sorts of stuff um and um and so yeah so venue photographers sort of a dedicated venue photographer was a thing when when the live circuit was doing a lot better i remember when I, i went to a nightclub once and uh, as a student, mm-hmm. and the venue photographer that was going around photographing everyone in the club was just my lecturer from uni, like my film studies lecturer. Wow. He was like a 40-year-old man. And it, it, I'll be honest, weird vibes. That that hits different, doesn't it? That's, um, yeah, yeah. But they're talking about that. He's talking about, you know, texting everyone to say you're doing a gig that night. It's a really young man's song yeah and it feels like the sort of song fat mike would write had he grown up in the uk music scene at the same time <laughs> frank turner did because it's it's the, the it's the rose tinted view oh god yeah no he wouldn't have lasted lot. i don't know if <laughs> it'd have been a very different i don't i I, I I occasionally i haven't seen many from now but a long time ago on the internet i used to see um lists of um if Doctor Who was an American show and it would show you like who would yeah. play the Doctor, the equivalents throughout the years, and it would like start off in the 60s and stuff. And I go, oh, when it gets to Peter Davidson, it would be Alan Alder from MASH and all that kind of stuff. And you go, oh, that's kind of, <laughs> and it was kind of a fun little experiment and, and all that kind of thing. I was like, oh, God, if no effects were from the UK scene. And I don't think that, I think no effects are a perfect example of a band who could only have come out of where they came out of. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and I yeah. think Frank Turner is probably the same 
in his own right as well. And, and I suppose that brings us to the title of the split, really, you know, West Coast versus Wessex. They are very much a product of where they're from. Yeah, and they've decided to own it. I mean, would because um, I remember when I first heard it was called West Coast versus Wessex, I was a bit like, oh, I don't know if that's the strongest title. But then I've been thinking about it, and the only alternative I can come up with is Thatcher, comma, fuck the kids. <laughs> That's a bit too cute, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't think you'd be able to market it as easily. No, no. I think there's a reason <laughs> that they just made like 800 copies of Fuck the Kids and put it out on 7-inch. It's just like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter really, does it? We'll just sell it direct from our shop. Um but yeah, I I really like uh I really like uh, the ballad of me and my friends. Um and and I and I and I think it's the um when they get to uh I'm definitely going to hell and we'll have all the best stories to tell. It sort of starts off with um sort of a few people, you know, a couple of people singing it, and then it goes to a big gang vocal on the second round, and then it goes full no effects, fat drum beat. And it and, and I, I like the layers, I like the different way. There's a lot of little subtle things in the certainly in the no effects production. Yeah. That sort of highlight and elevate little bits of the songs and stuff like that they sort of really they sort of draw the ear to the all the right places in a very very expertly done way yes to my mind anyway i think the production is is super super clever the way Mm -hmm. that they have uh highlighted stuff um and i think it's great and i think what they're doing is it's quite interesting because it'll show you which bits each artist thinks makes the song and that's one of the fun things about these cover swaps is you go well what what are they amplifying here what are they going no this is the the bit of this song that is that is the the star i suppose Mm -hmm. that's my theory anyway we come to the final song on the no effects side uh glory hallelujah yes good i do like this one a lot it's um i think it's the latest frank turner one yes as in i think it was what was it on england keep my bones which is probably pretty old by now anyway but um it's uh all the others are much earlier from uh frank turner's um songwriting career and if fat mike was going basically on what chords he could change maybe that maybe the more inexperienced songwriter era of Frank Turner makes sense for him. I don't know. But. Yes. Uh, I like it. It starts, it's got, um, you've got, you've got Hefe getting a verse of his own. You've got Karina getting uh, the middle eight of her mm-hmm. own. Um, I think it's, um, I, I think it is as celebratory as the song wants to be. The, yeah. It's very, very upbeat. And I do like, cause I, A uh, a lot of songs about being an atheist, not believing in God, and all that kind of stuff. It can be very sort of sneery, or you sort of, or like someone feels betrayed, that yeah. they and stuff like this. This is a real sort of optimistic idea of what that means of a sort of it, it's it's about the freedom from that way yes. of thinking, and I think that that's a a much healthier and less 
tediously sneery way of doing it and no uh, i i can i completely agree and you're right like it's celebrating the freedom that you're given from god not existing that you don't need to live to this um you know omnipotent beings uh standards like you know what what appear to be quite arbitrary standards as well Hmm. you know like your life is yours to live how you want to it's quite nice really yeah and the and and the suggestion it's not a, a statement but there's this sort of idea that and because that applies to all of us we do have a sort of collective responsibility to make sure that it isn't shit to be here yeah because we're not you know we're not getting a reward afterwards you know give each other your flowers now that kind of thing so um mm-hmm. i i think it's uh, and i think it's beautifully done I like that um, there's uh, a lot of piano and stuff in there. There's all sorts of um, all sorts of good stuff. But yeah, I think um, it's it's really really great, and I think it's a perfect song to round off the uh, the no effects side of it. Yeah, um, it's uh, oh, and the, I think we've forgotten um, the little bit of chat at the end of Thatcher fucked the kids with Hefe uh, asking. Uh, if uh, when he says, "Oh, do you want me to sing it like Frank Turner?" and then Mike says, uh, "Ask that question like Frank Turner," and he goes, "Do you want me to sing it like Frank Turner?" <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, but it's funny because uh, Hefe is really good at accents until he isn't. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot was... of people struggle with British. They just they go do. straight for Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins, who was famously not British. No, no, he wasn't, and <laughs> uh, and he was directed to do that. And the only reason, you know what, the only reason he did um, "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang," he had it in mm-hmm. his contract that he didn't have to play in British. That's funny. So, because um, I think he got enough stick. The irony is, right, at the end of Mary Poppins, when he goes to meet the banker, like the old bank guy, that's also Dick Van Dyke, who sounds English. The accent he's doing there shows that he knows how an English accent can sound. But I think he, I think the director had a lot to do with it, and he was quite annoyed. Um, but at the end, he goes, oh, right, yes, we've got to come in here, and, and all this stuff. Although it's... Um, that's my favourite my favorite little bit of, uh, of Mary Poppins, is right at the end, when they're flying a kite... And the son of the guy who owned the bank literally says, ah, do you know something, Banks? You killed my father. See you at work on Monday. Just gives him his job back. Brilliant. <laughs> no effects. That's right. That's what we talk about on this show. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I, 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 I love the no effects side. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it is good. Really, really great fun. I think... I think they did some great choices. I um, it would have been weird for them to do something like um, "I Still Believe" or one of those ones. I mm-hmm. think uh, I think that they did. Uh, it was a great idea, and they something that they could make sound like no effects, but also not completely wrench it from the original place. I think uh, yes, really, really absolutely. nicely done. Hello everyone, Eddie here. Red and I hope you're enjoying our show. If you have been and would like to help us make it a little more easily, then you can donate to us at our coffee page, which is ko-fi.com forward slash punk rock elite, or you can look in the show notes for our link tree. 
If you can't help us financially, we totally understand, but would love it if you spread the word to other people who would like this podcast. We thank you for your continued support. We massively appreciate it. Back to the show. I remember when I first heard this, because I got it when it came out. Uh, I got it on, um, I just, I think I bought it from Fat Records on MP3. And um, I remember just thinking, this truly is great. Um, and then yeah. I was, it, it's weird because I sort of, I knew that Frank Turner was a big no effects fan. So I sort of trusted that he wasn't going to do anything wild, like badly. But I also, but I don't know why I sort of had this weird trust because I was like, I'm just going to wait and see because whatever he does, he's going to do it with love or, you know, with respect, with affection, which is um, actually, I think this will probably be a good time to, uh, what was that? Ring, 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 ring. Oh, I'll, I'll just let it go to voicemail. Ring, ring, ring. You've got one new voicemail message. Oh, do I? Oh, oh shit, it's from Frank. Wait, what did Frank? Didn't, I didn't pick up, and now Frank's just had to leave this on voicemail. What? I mean, hey, and here's a crazy idea. Go on. Could we add his voicemail into this podcast right now for the listeners to hear? What you mean, me to say something like, the next voice you will hear is Frank Turner because we got in touch saying we were going to do this episode and wondered if he had anything to add. Thank you ever so much. Yeah, something like that. You know, like, because maybe, let's just say, like, hypothetically, we got yeah. in touch and asked him to provide some extra context about yeah. the, the album, and he actually did that. Yeah, yeah. Like, then, like in a really short turnaround, really graciously, and and, uh, and and in a really sort of professional and lovely way. It's as if he's a really nice person, as well as an incredibly talented recording artist. I don't know if people will believe it. Well, we'll just play it and see whether they believe it. Yeah, sure. The no effect split came about uh, because Mike asked, basically. Uh, in the summer of 2019, we did a festival together in Italy. And after the show, we were hanging out um, and getting wasted. And Mike turned around and asked if I wanted to do a split. And given that I bought the no effects Rancid split when it came out in 2002, I was blown away. I tried to keep my cool externally, but, um, you know, I was uh, very stoked to be asked should we say um and then uh it was a slightly nebulous plan we agreed to not coordinate what songs we were doing you know to just go off and make our own choices make our own recordings and then reconvene once we were done then of course there was the pandemic um which uh was kind of interesting because it actually slightly moved it forward because everyone was at home and everyone was keen to um you know, just move things along uh, and get something happening. So we we kind of sped up the release schedule for it. I'm really stoked that it happened. Um, you know, in many ways, I feel like it's my uh, uh, punk rock blue tick. You know what I mean? I mean? You can't really argue with somebody's punk rock credentials if they've done a split with no effects. Only two bands ever have. So stoked about that. Picking songs for it was fun, uh, a challenge. I'm a huge fan um, and uh, figuring out what to choose and was interesting. And obviously one of the things was like, you know, how are we going to bring something to this, do something different? You know, I didn't want to just do straight covers of any of the songs. I always knew I wanted to do Falling in Love. It's one of my favourite NoFX songs. And that one I actually recorded with my head under a blanket in a hotel room somewhere on tour. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it came together really well. I'm really, really proud of it. Listening to NoFX cover my songs is a very uh, strange and intense feeling. I mean, uh, they're a sonically distinct band. So to hear kind of those drums, those guitars, that voice singing songs that I wrote 
uh, and indeed messing around with them and doing them slightly differently um, was a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, on my, on my CV, long as it is, uh, that stands as one of my favorite things that I've done. So uh, very proud of it. Well, I think we're all enlightened after that. Um, there we go. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, apparently if, uh, if you ask Frank Turner, um, he, he will reply. Um, I can't guarantee that, by the way. Um, maybe we just impressed him loads. But so that's the uh, that's the memory of that. I hope that has like spun at least a couple people out listening to this podcast because we haven't we haven't promoted that at all. We haven't been like, hey, hey, keep listening. We've got a special treat for you. Yeah. yeah. We just kind of dropped it in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There was more fanfare made about what your girlfriend thought of substitute by no offense. <laughs> there was. There was. Uh, yeah. And quite right too. We uh, run a meritocracy <laughs> here. So um so yeah, so that's uh, that's how that started and um yeah. So thank you for that Frank. We really mm-hmm. really do appreciate it. Um um five songs starting off with starting off with a song that is traditionally just played on an acoustic guitar oh frank turner you're teasing (laughs) us i think scavenger type really interesting this because obviously if you are Mm. familiar with no effects and you're familiar with scavenger type i think this is the song that sounds most unlike the original what do you think of that I think. Oh wait, no. I'm looking. A, a toss up between that and eat. The yeah, meek. or falling in love as well is very different. Bob doesn't sound a huge amount like it. I think you're talking <laughs> shit. Yeah, on on a on a rethink, <laughs> I think I might be talking the most amount of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's because all you know of what? Frank's I, heart if you don't... does sound wildly different. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, scavenger. I think it's great because it's just a little sort of scary kind of upstrokey acoustic guitar thing and this sounds it if you want to hear a, a a frank turner song that sounds like his version of scavenger mm-hmm. type there's a song called uh god save the queen which is on the same album as substitute i think um and it's a lot of like palm muted not even palm music, like string dampened chicka 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 sounds. <clears throat> and that high high range vocal that he's so good at. He sing he can sing at the top of his own register super, super well. Um and you get that lovely range as well, because he sings this one in a sort of a, a bit more of a a, a scream yeah. uh, or scream adjacent kind of <clears throat> sing. And then something like Falling in Love, where he's got a much deeper He's in his lower register and stuff, but it does sound like "God Save the Queen." If uh, if you, it's not the national anthem, just in case you're wondering, but um, it's got a similar sort of arrangement to begin with. And I don't know if that's conscious, like a little nod to, yeah, it's me, Frank Turner. You might remember me from such songs as, or if it's just the natural way mm-hmm. he felt that this could be done. But I think it's beautifully crescendo. Yep. There is a crescendo going on to it. The drums come in really, really sort of powerhouse. Uh, that piano line that sort of keeps on lifting and elevates it. I think, um, I think it's just, it's just great. It's a really, really lovely start. And taking the mellowest song, or one of the mellowest songs, you've got two of the mellowest songs. You've got Scavenger Type and Eat the mm-hmm. Meek here. Um, but yeah, taking that and really amping it up 
to the other the other extreme is is just a beautiful yeah and it, it seems almost for me anyway like like i don't think i'll be able to guess which no effect song this is like it's it, oh, uh, the yeah. same with uh falling in love at the end like i think it's one that when you go like oh it's scavenger type you go oh of course it is but like because yeah. it does sound quite wildly different i i do struggle to go like which which no effect song is this but in a good way like because he he makes it his own yeah absolutely he does it the the song is still there in its totality but it is his his fingerprints are all over it and i think that's great um and the band sound brilliant we'll just shout out to uh, ben lloyd who played guitar and vocals but you pardon tarrant anderson who played bass Matt Nazir, who played piano, keyboards, and provided vocals, and Nigel Powell, who did drums, percussion, and vocals. And we've already mentioned Tim Brennan of Dropkick Murphys, who played accordion on Falling in Love. So if there were any secret special guests in there, um, we're not to know. So sorry if there are. But yeah, I think uh, a great a great starter, because it also kicks in straight away. I think the first thing you hear is the voice gigging a lot you know it just yeah. comes in so starts as it means to go on and i don't know because i mean it, he's mentioned in on the wikipedia quotes i mentioned earlier he did point out that he wanted to show no effects fans that he was also a fan and wasn't just yeah you know fair weather or what have you so i don't know if he wanted to sort of start this off as well by pointing out to his fans that he's still who he is mm. i don't know um i may well be going too psychological on that but uh because it starts off with a song reminiscent of one of the songs that he did uh in the arrangement and it starts off very much with his voice it starts off with an acoustic guitar uh and all the rest of it and so it is very much like it's not I mean, he has technically gone electric, <laughs> but, you know, it's not like Frank Turner's gone electric. Judas, I don't believe you, all that kind of stuff. So, But uh, that leads uh, nicely into um, Bob. Yeah. Now, there was a music there video was, made yeah. for and There Bob. was a music video for Thatcher Fuck the Kids as well. Yes. Um, and it was very nice of no effects to make Did both they? of them. Oh yes, because Thatcher Fuck the Kids was made, or it was sort of—I think there was a lot of like archive footage, but it was obviously their song. But for the Bob video, no effects are going around, dressed in like white shirts, like Frank Turner, and miming to Frank. Turner's I thought they song. had made. Uh, so I thought Frank Turner had made the the Thatcher Fuck the Kids video, and then No Effects made the Bob video because in the Thatcher video, it's very clearly in the UK. Yeah, but it's that's all archive oh, okay. footage. Whose kids are they? Someone, someone. Oh, I don't know. I, I mean, just assumed that they were like Frank's question, nephews or something. Oh right. Oh well, it's possible. I don't know actually. That's. Um, do you know what? I'm gonna shut my whole mouth because I could well be talking crap. Um, but I, I seem to think that it was like, um, um, like archive footage or, or something like be. that. But I, I could be absolutely. I absolutely could be wrong. Um, let's, but certainly what I do know is that, um, uh, yeah, the uh, that no effects were cosplaying yeah. as Frank Turner and miming to uh, his version. I his love version that, of, like, um, 
when no effects cosplay as Frank Turner, what they actually do is dress up like Mumford and Sons. <laughs> it's quite rude, really. Yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it really is. Um, another another band whose politics have been misconstrued. Oh wait, no, it's just one of them. Um, <laughs> it was just one of them. I'm being I'm being very very silly. I um, in fact there is a uh, there's a Frank Turner song about a particular venue like that he played when he was early on, and um, and he said something to the effect of um, I can't remember who was there, but there were English boys with banjos. Um, because yeah. is it Marcus Mumford? One of them used to play there um, back in the early doors, but I don't know if they were ever like proper tight mates. But they did, and time wise, yeah, it does make makes a lot of sense. sense. But they'd be coming up on the yes. alt folk scene. Yeah, like of course they cross paths. But um, sorry, I'm just teasing Mumford and Sons. Oh God, tell you what, my mate Gav, right? He Mumford and Sons are sort of you'd think that you know that if you looked yeah. at Gav's alley. You'd go, Mumford and Sons would fit in there without mm-hmm. a great deal of concern, right? He likes a lot of stuff, but you'd think that's fine. Uh, and they did until one day um, the CD player in his car broke so that the Mumford and Sons CD in there wouldn't oh, come no. out. So that was the only option no. to listen to. And um, and and doesn't doesn't put them on you know i've i've had a similar experience my my car when i go to plug my iphone into my car my car starts Mm -hmm. playing alphabetically the first song that is on your phone immediately if you plug it in it will start playing the first song alphabetically in your phone and for me that is a song by against me it's uh, Ache With Me yes. by Against Me from White Crosses, right. which I love. Well, mm-hmm. I loved until I now right. inevitably fucking hate it because every time I get in my yeah. car, it just starts playing it. And it and it, it really annoys me. Also, I've, I've since learned that it, it basically has the same chord structure as the theme tune to The Royal Family by Oasis. Um oh right yeah uh, yeah yeah. it's the same song you can sing it over it anyway i i uh it's it's made me it's made me quite sad because like i I like against me Mm. (laughs) but now i can't listen to one of my favorite tracks of theirs yes it's uh what you want what you want mate bluetooth i'll just pick up where you left off i can't believe i can't believe you're using an aux cable yeah it's my the bluetooth of my car is weird i I mean, the car I drive, I bought a new stereo, like a 20 quid one from Amazon just for the Bluetooth, because I think the one I had, it just, it, it, I think it might mm. have been a CD player. It, my car is old. So like, right, take that one out, put that one in. Oh, now this <laughs> is good. So uh, yeah, so I don't have to worry about aux cables or anything like that. I'm sure there must be a setting that you can change. Oh, yeah, that. I'm sure someone could fix it. But, like, you know, then I wouldn't be able to complain. <laughs> oh, you're right, yeah. Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> Bob, what did you reckon to Frank's it, it version of It is good. Bob? Like, it's good. It's great. Put in a lot of effort. It's really good. It's not a song that I would choose to listen to. And it's not, like, a version of the song that I would choose to listen to. 
but I think he's done a really good job of like adapting the song into, you know, from like whatever Bob is, because it's sort of like, it's it's not Scar, but it's like Scar adjacent kind of, or at least it's, it is in my head. But to yeah. turn that into, you know, just like this sort of, um, farmyard folk song, I think, is 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 really impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's very yes, campfire, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? it's very kumbaya. Um, it, it's mm. again, you know, it's not something I would choose to listen to, but I think it's really impressive, like how it's been made and recorded. I don't dislike any That's track fair. on this album, but this is my least yeah. favorite. I think it, it's just a bit, and I don't know, and and I think it's because it's like it's done really well, like. All the performances on it are great. His voice sounds great. Harmonica, all of it sounds really, really good. But I think it's probably the least inventive. I was going to say, this is what I'd expect this album to be. I've expected Frank's half of the album to be this. And I'm really glad that it's so much more than this. Um, Oh, yeah. um, Yeah like dinosaurs will die just sort of yeah. lazily strum <laughs> yeah 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 that, that's um, what i expect yeah, yeah absolutely and that would be a dire album that would be, <laughs> yeah. be really really bad um and so i suppose some of frank's songs are sort of lazily strummed sort of wistful things and so and so, so it is sort of representative in a way i think i think he's actually done a really great job of representing himself through the songs of no effects of what what the sort of music that frank turner if you buy a frank turner album you could expect to hear any and all of these kind of styles at one point in his career or other and that's what sort of that's what's interesting yeah absolutely and i wonder if uh the songs that people have chosen on previous no effects splits has uh informed which covers frank is doing i mean i noticed that rancid did cover bob so potentially not but um i know uh, yeah i mean he said in his little voice clip that he had bought the no effects rancid split and that he'd like been super excited yes. for that back in 2002 or whenever that was 2003 and um and that you know he said uh said there's only been two other people who no effects has ever yeah. asked to do a split with and that was a great honor and all that kind of thing and and so i think i think we are just looking at five songs that he thought oh, i can do something with that like like he said I'd, you know and so it might have been the oh no bob is perfect for that kind of thing and it would be songs that you know is like it's bob in it you know whether whether it's one of your favorite no effect songs or not it's just sort of there it's like it's quintessential it's ingrained it's just for whatever reason so um i'm i'm like i say i'm i'm glad it's on there but i'm also equally glad that none of the other songs that he chose sound yes, are presented in that yeah. way i think for one song it's perfect it, it it actually sits very very nicely in there yeah i agree and uh, but yeah it's uh, if i had to rank them if i had to uh, it would be at number 10 so yeah but but i i but i this is a non skipping album for me I don't, and the no video is great. Any of it? Yeah, the video is lots of fun. Uh, one of the one of the many No Effects videos, although technically it's a Frank Turner video, No Effects video set in that in that um, the grounds of the house that they <laughs> yeah. all destroyed. 
So, uh, so that's nice too, over at Six Flogs. We then, oh, what a treat. We get Eat the Meek. So, um, this is Heads and Shoulders, Miles and Miles, just the best song on this album. This is so impressive. When this I, is the one, is it? I, I, did I think wonder. 10 seconds into this, or like when he started the vocals on this, I was listening to it in the living room, mm-hmm. and I audibly went, Wow! <laughs> like out loud. Um, oh, did you not have the track listing? No, no I, 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 I knew just, it was. Just... I knew it was coming, but I didn't. I didn't know it. Oh, would okay, be this okay. Fucking good. Like it's. He's completely reinvented yeah, yeah. the track. Um, yeah. Obviously, to go from it being a scar track to whatever this is, it's almost like quite avant-garde. Um, art it's pop, sort of quite. Kind it's of. sort of a bit. Yeah, it's sort of there's sort of some dancey stuff going in there. Like the beat is not no. an electronic drum kit, but it's like a it's, dance rhythm. The the star in the song is the drum kit. Uh yeah. so, it's it's very high yeah. in the mix as well. It is like it is really served to you. The that snare is it's a really folky yeah. sounding snare, but doing this sort of break beat that is and, and it yeah, changes it, it up and it's cracking bit of work. Uh, a couple of times. Mm. I think it's absolutely fantastic this and also if and i mean i don't know if anybody's listening to this who isn't familiar with the split because uh sometimes people listen to episodes of albums that they're familiar with but if you are unfamiliar yeah. with frank turner's cover of eat the meek please go and do yourself a favor sit down listen to it it is four minutes but it's four minutes worth your time yeah but the, the original yeah, that's is what, three and a half He's yeah, not really made it sure. much longer. Um, but it, it's just, it's so fucking good. Like it's. Yeah, it it really is. I mean, you could, you could play this in a club. Yeah. Like a dance club and it, and, and it would, and it would have an impact. I think, you know, it's got, it's got that kind of there's, um, EDM sensibility there, with sort of largely acoustic instruments and stuff or, or you know there's a bass line in it which is not in the original obviously quite familiar with the original bass line nope. the bass they add to it is just as good in its own way like it's it's a complete reimagining of like it it's very impressive i know i've said it earlier in this episode but like frank is such like such an impressive songwriter like he he knows how songs work in yeah. and out and that really um, is, is is shown on this track, I think. Yeah, the arrangement, the the all the ideas of it, it's sort of like there's sort of shoegazy, yes, shoegazy kind of is guitar exactly, yeah. sort of stuff. There's, but it's got a melody because it's such a good song anyway. So you know, well, it, it reminds me of. Um... <laughs> Sorry, shoegaze fans. I'm. Being, uh, it I'm reminds being me of that against me song um the 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 one that's has it got tegan and sarah on it oh Um, gosh born on the fm waves of the heart it reminds me of that frank is a big against Ah. me fan as well so well, I wonder. Could well be because uh, we spoke briefly about Laura Jane on uh, the episode. Because I think that's we did, it, that is one of the best against me songs. I think that's a that's a fantastic song. And yeah. didn't no, was it, it Frank who said that his favorite against me album was New Wave, or was that someone else that we spoke to? 
No, it was it was. Um, yeah, he said that because I said that um, my favorite when um, Transgender Dysphoria Blues came out, I was like, "This is the album that they yeah. were waiting." You know that that they sort of everything came to. I was like, "This this one step further than all the others." And uh, Frank said, "I I agree, but I also would put it jointly with New Wave." Right. Yeah. I, I like searching for a form of clarity. I mean, I mean, I, I like all of the Against Me I, albums, I, but um, yeah, I was going to say I like all their albums, but I found Transgender Dysphoria Blues yeah, really did, really did step it up a, a notch for me. So, um, but yeah, I, I think yeah, I think this might be, might be the little jewel in the crown, and and don't get me wrong, I think this album is a really fucking great yeah. crown. So to be the number one jewel in it is to be, you know. You're sitting in it with a high watermark anyway, but um, I, it is it is a fantastic bit of work, and yeah, really, really, really cements it as being a, a thing that was. I think that everyone you can tell everyone was taking it seriously and really, really enjoying what yeah, they absolutely. Could and because I think they, I don't think they spoke to each other about what they no, were doing. I, don't, I, I believe not. About which songs they chose, they they just went. Okay, five is it? Yeah, five. Okay, cool. And then went away and said, "Should we have them back to each other by whatever date?" That I'm guessing this roughly is what happened. And they went, "Yeah, okay." Then and then you know finished them, sent each other the files, sat there and went, "Oh my yeah. fuck," you know, which is which is such a lot. And I know that not everyone. I mean, I don't think Frank had. He might have done actually had his own recording studio at the time. I know he currently does. But um, certainly, No Effects had their own uh, recording facilities. But it's such a lovely thing to do, and I think it would be great if bands. That, I think some some bands have done stuff like this. I think Real Big Fish and some other groups have done stuff like that, where they cover each other's stuff, or they or they've done stuff where they did covers as well and put it out mm-hmm. together and stuff. That's why Real Big Fish have a version of Ask by the Smiths. <laughs> Yeah, of all uh, of all the things, but yeah. So uh, it's an '80s song. You got to do a scar punk version of it one day. <laughs> <clears throat> They'll get around to all of them one day. But yeah, um, then we get to possibly what could be the only bone of contention on this album, which is that "Perfect Government" is not a No Effects I mean, song. You could argue that he's he's covering the No Effects version because I'm guessing he's not uh, like I referencing honestly... the original Mark Curry version. Um, he is a bit because when he does the How Do They Sleep at Night, he doubles it, which is how the Mark oh. Curry version goes. He does four How Can They Sleep at Nights, or maybe eight, but um But I I don't honestly don't have a problem with it because I don't but I know that if I didn't mention it or it wasn't mentioned, oh, someone yeah, would definitely. pipe up. Absolutely. So I thought We'll just clarify that now. Yes, Perfect Government is by Mark Curry, but I would wager more people have heard the No Effects version. It's a bit like... Um, it's like if someone says, oh, they sang Perfect Government by No Effects. It's the same as saying, oh, they sang House of the Rising Sun by the Animals. Oh, well, actually, that was a traditional arrangement. <laughs> you know, it's just... <clears throat> The one he's the one he's doing is the you know it's like I will always love you by Whitney Houston. Uh, Dolly Parton actually, yeah we know, but don't worry about it. Uh, what do you reckon to this one? I uh, yeah, 
it's good. It's again, I think it's one of. It's not my. It's, it's one of my least favorites. Um, but you know, I, I'm saying that from a place of like, I, I like all of these songs. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I no, I, I put it, I put it just after Bob. It's, and I think it's possibly because it's got the least distance between the original. Yeah, I, I, I Vibe will wise. agree with people who are like, this isn't really a no effect song. Like, I kind of agree with the criticism. I, I think there are more. Well, it isn't a no effects song. That's that's yeah, um, absolutely. That's just fact, I, I think there are more interesting no effects songs to cover. I think I would have rather heard him cover something a little bit different. And yeah, because it isn't a no effects song originally, I think I've always thought it sounds quite different to the rest of their work anyway. And so mm. it feels like you know you're not covering no effects but it is a good cover it is well done um and i'm also i think actually now i think about it what my actual contention with it is i'm not a huge fan of the original um i think perfect right. and by sorry original, no you mean i mean the um the no effects original oh the punk and droblick so recording. on right, punk right, and droblick right. it's one of you know, I, I love the album, so I think all of it's great, but it, it's one of my less favorite mm. songs on the album. Um, I prefer a lot more on there. And, you, you know. I, rem- I, I think I, I have a fondness for the No Effects version because you actually get Hefe singing on it. Yes. How can they sleep at night? How can they sleep at night? Um, and, and obviously he's got more skin in the game because it's connected to Mark Curry and he was mm-hmm. in Mark Curry's band and they got Mark Curry to sing the opening lines and Hefe sings those opening lines yeah, in his Mark yeah, yeah. Curry impression live and stuff. And so, and I always love it when Hefe gets a little bit of spotlight because Homeboy is such <laughs> a ham that I know he loves the spotlight, you know, so much that any little taste of it he's, he's always delighted for. So... That makes me smile, but that's a very meta reason yeah. to enjoy it. And so I absolutely appreciate that this isn't Yeah, I don't it's not it's not one of my must hear absolute favourite well, no effects songs. What, um, but I do like it. it. If you could swap out Perfect Government for any cover, like if you could have Frank Turner. If we were doing hundred percent no effects only songs yeah. rule if we were being very very strict about it oh that's interesting um mm. oh I'm, I'm excited now because i don't know what i would choose either um no i mean do i just choose my you know i mean it would have been i believe uh frank turner's uh wife is a singer as well if they'd have done i, I think laurie myers together, is, is a great shout um obviously i think that um i'm still upset about Liam. whilst i think it would be a pretty straightforward cover so it's not the most exciting i think frank turner would do a fantastic mattersville interesting i i sort of almost feel like he would even rewrite it yeah to be about his musical peers and friends that would be that would be cute. Yeah, I'd, I'd enjoy that. Um, 
And that's also very much in the folk ethos where people do their own versions of songs. They update them and change them around and stuff like that. That would be that would be fun. Um, I like that idea a lot. I think, um, gosh, it's very, very difficult because I'm just going to sort of my 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 list of favorites. But because he's a he's a slap fats fan, yes. that's his favorite one. We know this, and we've got we do have two on that album from that album. So of the five he chose, two of them were from that album. So I don't want to put another one of those on because. That's a little bit too. But I don't know. Green corn. Green corn. No, um, that would, be, would be interesting, wouldn't it? You know, if he was to do one of the more riffier, like, b- hardcore ones. To the ground. If he did days and bottles to the ground would be good. Days and days. Mm-hmm. No, maybe not. Truck stop blip. No. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, let me see. What what has he not? He's not chosen anything. He's gone very nineties with the selection. Yeah. Um, so maybe something from Frank Owen American Wolves, maybe like uh, Leaving Jesus Land, I guess. Instant classic Leaving Jesus Land, that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Church and Church and Skate's a great shout, like something that you know, like seeing double. Yeah, yeah, that would be interesting. I think, yeah, I think maybe Church and Skate would be the most interesting mm. for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, um, but we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll send him a message. A really send him a slow voice version of Six Years on Dope. Hmm. <laughs> well, that was the most, yeah, that was the newest album at the time as well. So, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know because obviously. I don't, and again, I don't want to put words in Frank's mouth, but from when from our chat with him, I get the impression he understands. You know, he he gets the punk scene and stuff. So I think there would still be a young punk rocker in his head saying, "You can't do something from the most recent album. That's like wearing the band that you're going to see live's T-shirt to the gig." <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there there'll be an irrational young Frank in his head screaming at him. Um, because that that little voice never leaves you, so I think I just that just amused me the idea that uh, that would be it. But yeah, so yeah, perfect government. Um, I do like it, but in the bottom half of the list yeah, of Frank yeah, Turner's yeah. side for me. And then we get to the final song on the album, "Falling in Love." This is quite impressive. Like it's quite an impressive uh, cover. I think I've always yeah. been aware that this song is sad, but it wasn't until I yeah. heard this version of the song that I realized it was truly heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 really yeah. really wrecks you, doesn't it? Yeah, it's and it's yeah, and it's interesting because it's, it's kind of like an exercise in oh yeah, like right, like if you write, perform, and arrange songs in a certain way, like you can mine more emotion from it because like this is so much more heartbreaking than the original, but it is still very much just a cover of the original. The the original also has a pun title. (laughs) Yes. It's, it's like from the title, you think you're going to listen to the musical equivalent Mm -hmm. of the film airplane and you're actually uh, watching the musical equivalent of Alive. Yeah, yeah. 
um, and that's quite a dissonance. Um, but it, it but it does keep my favourite bit of the first and the bit that gives you the impression that it is sad, which is the harmonies at the end. The, ah, ah, that bit is where you go. I can't quite make out all the lyrics here, but that minor mm. key harmony gives away <laughs> that something sad is happening <laughs> and. Uh, and it's it's beautifully done. Uh, and as we heard from our uh, little voice note, he sang the vocals. Yeah. Or he, he recorded this with his head under a duvet in a hotel room. Which is somewhere. really interesting. You know, like, and I think Rich. it adds to the whole like DIY yeah. element of this album. I, I love this because it's sort of like, it's a DIY album, but obviously it's made by two separate artists. So it's like, it's got like that extra step. It's like a, a, a mutual DIY album. Like you've, it's all been done, you know, off the cuff you know, in, you know, recorded in people's houses and bedrooms and stuff, but it's, that's been done yeah. by two separate artists across the trans across the Atlantic. And there's something that makes that yeah. extra DIY. Yeah. It's, it's that, it's sort of, it's the, the new face yeah. of DIY in that it can be transatlantic. It can be mm-hmm. transcontinental as easy as if it was with your next door It reminds neighbor. me of, I, apparently, uh, there is a Mars Volta album where each of the parts were recorded on separate continents. <laughs> of course there is. Now, I, I, like many Mars Volta fans, I'm not actually a Mars Volta fan. I'm just an, an out-the-drive-in <laughs> fan that won't let them die. <laughs> sure sure um i love at the drive-in i saw them in 2000 in the cockpit in leeds and they were fucking brilliant they looked really confused that the the, the gig only really kicked off three songs in when they played Cosmonaut. Oh, okay but i don't think they they didn't put it together that, that was the track on the kerrang cd right. so that was like the one that m- most of their kerrang reading audience which was their audience let's face it were, had listened to the most so when cosmonauts started the place erupted and they were like oh and they sort of looked a bit that confused. makes sense though um, even, and it uh, sounds like they've learned yeah. from that because i saw them twice mm. when they reunited about five years ago and they closed oh, with yeah. cosmonaut because i was there being like really cosmonaut i don't know like i thought you would have chosen some other songs but all the people older than you were that no, they did. Were going oh yeah Absolutely, there we go yeah. that's what Oh right, that's yeah, exactly yeah. What happened? Yeah, yeah. It's because of the. It is when that was the time when the Kerrang yeah. cover CD was yeah, the tastemaker. Sure. That was that was where you got everything from. So um, yeah, that that was the uh, that was. They're the still deal. really good. Um, Cedric is an amazing <laughs> singer. Omar looks like he doesn't want to be doing mm-hmm. it anymore, but that's fair enough. Uh, <laughs> still, thank you for reforming because I, I never thought I'd see. Yeah, them perform live. They were one of the bands that I was into as a teenager, and was like so sad that one of my favorite bands had yeah. split up. But you know, it's yeah. okay, guys. Everybody gets back together because money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was sad when they split up, and then I was even more sad when I found out they formed the Mars <laughs> with Volta. Flea as well but, from um, Red Hot Chili's your favorite band. He was, was he he, he recorded their second album. Yeah, the. Oh right! Oh, I'd 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 stop paying attention. Oh, okay, I'd stop paying t- attention altogether by the time uh, that had happened because 
I like I'd heard one of their songs, like one of their singles, and I was like, oh, it's okay. It's not it it didn't have the sort of the drive and the aggression that I liked in um uh yeah uh, at the drive-in. Uh, but I thought, you know what? I'll go and see oh, them no, live. At, um, oh no! Yeah, I know. I didn't know. No one told me. Oh, I'm I so went sorry. to see them live at Leeds Festival. They did a 45 minute set. Yeah, they played absolutely. three songs. There's there's loads of. I mean, there's there's a lot of. I was I was I was absolutely furious. You can imagine how there's, there's a lot was. of uh, <laughs> instances of people going to see the Mars Volta and just fucking hating it. I, I remember reading one. I think it was probably. I may have even read this in Kerrang! magazine back in the day, but they'd turned up to do this show in Texas. And uh, all that happened was Omar played guitar whilst Cedric typed on a typewriter. And they did that for 30 minutes and then left. (laughs) Oh, no, sorry. Cedric typed on the typewriter and Omar played guitar. Of course it was a typewriter. Yeah, um, it it didn't do much for me, and then I and then I realised I was actually incredibly lucky because uh, I saw someone who went to see them on the subsequent tour and said that they played like two songs yeah. in an hour set, or they or let's put it this way, they stopped once in an hour set. That was how they differentiated but, between the you two. You know, you got to remember, you know, on their um, second album, they had guest vocals by Iggy Pop, so you know, like they are great. Well, yeah, they had that on yeah, Relationship of Command. Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking oh, about sorry. Mars Volta. Yeah, I'm getting them mixed up. In fact, actually, I think Relationship might even be their third. I think there was one before mm, it, in Casino but I can't Hour. remember. But um, on Relationship of Com- on Relationship of Command, the um, Rolodex propaganda yeah. got um, got Iggy Pop on it. And in fact, there's a brilliant. You can see the live version uh, they did on TFI Friday of Rolodex propaganda, where the guitarist. Um, who was playing keyboards on that version? Uh, he was singing Iggy Pop's bits. Um, and what's brilliant was that it wasn't hosted by Chris Evans. There, it was uh, hosted by um, oh, I've forgotten her name. Was she? Uh, she was uh, Donna Air. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah, her, yeah. Geordie yeah. presenter, actress from Biker Grove. And she gets it wrong. It's really funny. She stood there and she goes at the drive-in by Rolodex <laughs> propaganda. And the singer behind her just opens his mouth really wide in like mock so horror funny. that she got it wrong. It was really funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was great. And like she has to like tell the audience to shush because they're too busy going, Wah! amazing! After this, <laughs> it was great. You can find that on YouTube, I think. Um, yeah. We're so close to finishing. Yeah, we're just, and we're just talking just about going Apple Drive yeah. in, in our Frank Turner episode. <laughs> I know. Sorry, Frank. But uh, at the Drive in are great. Um, so. Yeah, so falling in love, I I think this is a wonderful way to, and also I think it's the last song on um, Slap Fat, so yes. it's the last song on yeah, this yeah. one. Makes perfect sense, um, and I think it's it's a wonderful bit of work, and uh, I I've always loved falling in love. I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant song, and um, yeah, he's made a he's made a great, great version of it. So um, yeah, I love this. I wonder where you think this ranks amongst no effects is output because mm. i know this isn't i wouldn't rank this as one of their regular albums but where do you think it comes in if we were you to know do that? Uh, hmm. it's difficult to say i, I think like mm. this I, I i'd say like it's probably in the bottom half of like 
they're recording stuff. But that's only because like it isn't, you know, a NoFX album start to finish, which is generally what I like to hear from NoFX. But I th- I think this is sure. This is as I mentioned earlier, like this is my favorite split that they've done. Um and this is one mm-hmm. of my favorite EPs that they've done. It's not quite as good as Never Trust a Hippie, which I think is their best EP. Yeah. Um but I do think it's I think it's technically an yes, album. You are right. Because it is yeah. half an hour long. It's 29 minutes, yeah. 50 seconds, which is a great length. But it's 10 songs, so you sort of go, it's a little short change for an album, but I think I, it I preferred it to Self-Entitled um, oh, and a couple of their earlier stuff. I wonder if, I think in my ranking, this would be just higher, like just higher than Ribbed. And I, okay. I like Ribbed. That's true, yep. Um, I don't know. I might rank yep, it a little fair. higher in mine. Um, I think I might rank it just before the sort of super classic ones, to be honest. I don't know what... I, I get a real sense of of joy from it. Yeah. I feel like it's made with real excitement, and I feel it's like a palpable feeling you can get from it that people... The people making this record are having a brilliant time all round. And that carries a lot of weight yeah. with me. So that's why I really enjoy it. But did you mm. enjoy it, listener? Listener, dear. What did you do? You know this one? Do you, uh, do you, how do you feel about Frank Turner as an artist in their own right compared to when they're covering no effect songs? All, all of these uh, uh, opinions and feelings do let us know. Punk Rock Elite Podcast at gmail.com. Lovely stuff. Um, well, we're probably going to go bounce to the outro uh, now. If there's any correspondence, you'll probably hear it in there. So uh, do have a listen. Um, thank you so much, Red. You got any closing uh, closing comments on West Coast versus West? It was just very good, and I will. And you know, I'll say it again. Like it was better than I thought it would be, which is a which is always a lovely surprise. Yes. Yes, you thought it was going to be Bob's. Yeah, back-to-back to back back Bob's, sort of like, you know, Mumford and Sons doing no effects. But it was not that, not remotely that. Maybe for one song. No. <laughs> well, a bit better than that. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, better than that. Um, it was um, it certainly less navel-gazy and less uh, mm. self-important. But, uh, yeah, I a real treat. I think if you're uh, interested in hearing different interpretations of no effect songs even further removed than from rancid you know it's a good one it shows you just how these songs how strong these songs are as songs and if you want to hear no effects really really having having just the best free period at school of their life before they have to go back and do i think it really shows how good like songwriters both artists are like they really understand music and how songs are put together and that's really nice. It really speaks. Yeah, it speaks highly of both. You're absolutely correct. Cool. Well, we'll see Bye. you on the outro. Bye bye. West Coast versus Wessex. Ah, oh, it's it's good. Like I don't know why I've given it so long to give it a listen. It's I don't know. I think you were you were never that taken with the concept of Frank Turner. I don't think. No, but oh, oh, how times change. Well, you know, it's. Um, I mean, I think Frank sort of became, certainly in the UK, became uh, 
that became sort of publicly eyed at mm. roughly the same time as things like Mumford and Sons and that sort of yes. Brit indie folk. I suppose like it's like 2009, the year Frank broke. The year Frank broke. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, 2012, he played the opening ceremony of the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he did like a massive show at Wembley, didn't he? And yeah, he's, he's, he's sort of an arena-filling indie mm. artist. But he is so, as we found out from the interview, he's so firmly planted in sort of punk as yeah. a as a thing yeah that it's just sort of it, he was doing that thing where he's like well i don't have a band i can play the guitar a bit if i want to make music by myself this is how I, this is the best way i know how to do it and he's basically expanded since then but he's he's such a a fan of music he's such a um uh, and all that kind of stuff so i think it might have been easy to see the sort of guy in the white shirt strumming a guitar and singing a, a wistful song and for you red redmond to think i'm pretty sure i've got the measure of this guy <laughs> um don't don't need to pursue that particularly far but it is a surprise when you sort of get get into it and go oh wow this is there's more than meets the eye i think is the uh the answer th- you that. know what like, and and this is so so rude but it's my podcast so i'm just gonna say it i think What's put me off Frank Turner is, um, you know, people that really like his music. Oh, Frank Turner fans. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to end that opinion there. <laughs> no, I, I do know precisely what you mean. There was, there was something, and I'm sure... It's like Rage fans. You're like, oh, love Rage, but Rage fans. Oh, guys. I don't, I don't know about that so I'm much. Laugh. Um, I... <laughs> Um, I always found Frank Turner fans to be uh, very well turned out. Um, yes. I always thought it was, and I'm sure Frank quite, would quite not. Quite preppy music, actually, I find, like a lot of his fans. Yeah, well, a bit, uh, straight well, I, cut. yeah I thought it would be, I, I'm sure he wouldn't thank me for this, but I remember getting a similar vibe to like sort of Oasis fans. Oh, okay, sure. In the sort sure. of quite trendy, not sort of. There are, there crosses are, that indie divide, I suppose. Yeah, crosses the indie divide because there are still some people there from Million Dead. Absolutely, going, there are. Fucking Absolutely. love Frank Turner. Oh, I've loved his stuff since I was little, and now I am older. And and you know, if you've caught the wave of Frank being like a couple of years older than you, yeah, and you've got like a cool older cousin who you look up to and is maturing at a slightly, you know, at the same rate, but slightly <laughs> ahead of you. And you're like, Oh, okay. Oh, acoustic guitar. Oh, okay. And, and you know, the, the everyone's got a sort of a music or, or, or so, anyone, you know, someone uh, in the public eye who you feel is sort of guiding you from afar. It's parasocial as fuck, but that's how it's, you know, mm. that's just how it goes. Um, I, I went to see, I I got given Frank Turner record, a couple of records by my mate, Gav, who really liked it. And I went, oh, this is cool. And we went to see him in York at uh, the Duchess. And I do remember that I remember thinking the crowd was a bit. <laughs> it was, they were they were just kind of normies. Sure. And and in a slightly sort of. You know, if one of the songs got a bit fast and people started moving a bit and some of the ones from Million Dead were going, oh, this is a bit, you know, 
the pit was getting they'd look around as if a fight was starting rather than <laughs> you, you know I mean, like that kind of yeah and um and, and also looked as if they wouldn't mind if a fight started it was that kind of <laughs> even though they were probably a bit too old to be fight, they probably did. it was and this is all just based on one gig it's not a you know but so yeah so i've 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 wrestled with that but i i've realized that you know frank turner makes records that i really really like so uh, and he seems well in all of our encounters with him and of course we had a special secret encounter with him sounds shadier than we meant it but oh, you know yeah, we got we, shady yeah it does but he uh yeah just sent him a message and he replied with another one of his two minute no umming no ring straight set of memories about making the record which is uh great yeah. i mean as far as an interview as far as an interviewer goes couldn't ask for more than frank turner so frank no, no effects yeah. go <laughs> okay thank you very much see you next time brilliant absolutely love it Although um, uh, I was speaking to uh, someone at a gig uh, recently, and they said, uh, "Oh, so you got an interview with Frank Turner on the on the podcast?" I went, "Yeah, I guess. yeah." My my girlfriend's a journalist, and she finds it she finds Frank Turner really difficult to interview. And I said, really? "Really?" She said, "He said, yeah, because you you were all right because you were having a broad chat about a general thing, mm-hmm. whereas she's." been asked to ask these to get answers to very specific questions ah right and so you go so frank what was making this new album like uh well it's been pretty good actually i was listening to the weaker and uh it reminded me of the and, and then all of a sudden you've got sure. six different tour stories that are great but don't tell you anything about the recording of frank turner's 10th album so <laughs> it's kind of fun um thank you so much for listening we could talk about uh this this is well i mean next week it's going to be a Frank Turner podcast. Um, <laughs> at least we'd be able to get an interview every week. That would be, uh, <laughs> be easy. Uh, so, yeah. No, uh, we're going to be back with a single album, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, recorded either side of this particular album that we've done mm-hmm. today. So, interesting. Um, we've got plenty to say about it. I'm sure you've got plenty to uh, say about it as well. If you'd like to do any of that, then punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com, please do. Um, And also, thank you if you've made it through uh, without being too annoyed about the ad read for Zencaster at the beginning of the show. It's going to be there because they give us this software for free. And in exchange, we tell you about it. And it's just the best way that we can record this. So thanks. It is genuinely good as well. Like um, even when uh, there's been cases when like, you know, a a connection is interrupted for whatever reason, but like we've never, ever lost the files, you know? And I think that's a big deal for recording over the internet. Especially when you've got someone who isn't one of the hosts of the podcast, someone who is not that committed to the podcast that they'll come back and re-record mm, yeah. the answers they've already given. So, you know, if we were to have lost anything, that would have been calamitous. So, yeah, so we it is not a uh, a shilling thing in that we've not paid a shilling for this and uh, <clears throat> we will probably not get paid a shilling for it, but there you go. So appreciate that plenty of podcasts are full of ad reads. We're only putting in the ones that we absolutely need to to ensure that we can do this, so... <laughs> do appreciate it totally understand it 
I made it 60 seconds, so you can skip it with two presses of the skip forward button. Oh, that's nice. Love it. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it when that happens. So uh, there you go. Do uh, tell people about it if you enjoyed it, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Red. Thank you. Bye. Grapes and Fruitcake co-production by Eddie French and Red Redmond. If you're not following us on Instagram or subscribe to the podcast, please do. The main theme and production was done by Eddie French. Please contact us at punkrockelitepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.